the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. The origin of the gospel, that we might understand the significance of it today, next, here on Truth For Today, with our teacher and pastor, Phil Howard. Join us. You might want to call it spiritual pathology, understanding the source so that we may better understand the cure. Hi there, and welcome to Truth For Today with Pastor Phil Howard from Valley Bible Church here in Hercules. We're continuing with our series called The Gospel Brings Freedom. Now to really understand the freedom, the depth and breadth of this freedom, we need to understand the gospel and where it comes from and why. Only then can the freedom that it brings be really appreciated. For the details, again, here in Galatians, let's catch up with our teacher and pastor, Phil Howard, with today's broadcast of Truth For Today. The one that God commissioned to come preach to the Gentile world was the same man that tried to destroy the church. Now he's going to describe what happened to him. Listen to what he says. But when God, who set me apart from birth... And called me by his grace, was pleased to reveal his son in me so that I might preach him among the Gentiles. I did not consult any man, nor did I go up to Jerusalem to see those who were apostles before I was. But I went immediately into Arabia and later returned to Damascus. Then after three years, I went up to Jerusalem to get acquainted with Peter and stayed with him 15 days. I saw none of the other apostles, only James, the Lord's brother. I assure you before God that what I am writing you is no lie. Later I went to Syria and Cilicia. I was personally unknown to the churches of Judea that are in Christ. They only heard the report. The man who formerly persecuted us is now preaching the faith he once tried to destroy. And they praise God because of me. What happened to him? What changed him? Verse 15, but God who set me apart from birth and called me by his grace was pleased to reveal his son in me so that I might preach him among the Gentiles. What was it? First, God was pleased to reveal himself to him. No one can know God Unless God reveals himself. God is unknowable. Unless he gives a revelation of himself. You cannot know God just because you want to know him. Now how has God revealed himself? He said the heavens shout out his glory. And he says nature itself manifests his glory. Psalms 19, Romans 1. He says his activities in history, miracles... Providence, seasons, uh, rain, food. Uh, We see the manifested 
kindness of God to all men, regardless if they believe or not. And then God did something spectacular when you think about it. He gave us a book. He revealed himself in 66 books of the Bible and had the record of it written down. It could be just an oral tradition religion. We could just have to gather around campfires and around uh, front rooms and hear it. But God gave us a written revelation of what he's like, what he's about, and we have this permanent record. It's a marvelous thing. He has revealed himself to us in words. 1 Corinthians 1, verse chapter 2. Uh, that God has revealed his thoughts in spiritual words. And so what cannot be known by the eye, what cannot be perceived by the ear or the heart, the things God has prepared for those that love him, it's not heaven. It's what he revealed to us in the word. He has revealed them to us in a inscripturated revelation. This is a revelation. None of this would I have been able to know had God not revealed it, wrote it down, and preserved it. Did you know you hold the revelation of God in your hand? This is a revelation from God. We are the people of one book, and every cult has another book besides this one. We are the people of one book. It doesn't matter if you have a 2,000-volume library until you master the 66-book library. You know, when you're with preachers and scholars, what's the latest book? I'm going to say, can you outline Exodus for me? Do take every New Testament book. Tell me how, it, tell me whatever chapter's about. By memory, go. You say you know the Word of God, go. What's Ephesians 1 about? What's Philippians 3 about? What's Romans 9 about? I don't know. But I'm heavy into Aramaic. Well, I'm heavy into this. This is God's mind. Everything everybody says about God isn't true. But what God said about himself is true. This you can count on. You ought to be full of this revelation. This is God's mind. God said, I I breathed it out. All scripture is God breathed. And that is he just, it's like wind. But the wind was caught by ink. And put down on papyri. And we've now got it. Who would ever think we would get something Moses wrote back in 1400 B.C.? We can read it. And we would have never known it. But God revealed it through this book. The word of God is a revelation. God the Son came to reveal God. And what God did for the Apostle Paul, he didn't do for you and I. He literally showed up in his resurrected body and stood in the pathway as he was going to Damascus, knocked him off his animal, uh, made the heavens light up brighter than the noonday sun, and Jesus Christ personally, physically, showed up to confront this persecutor of his church. I mean, he stood in the path. The other men fell back. They just knew something's being said, but they heard no words. Paul did not know what happened to him. Boom, who is this? I want to reveal something to you, Paul. You're persecuting me, and I'm going to save you here on the spot. 
Matter of fact, I've set you apart from your mother's womb that I was going to save you and turn you into a preacher of the very thing you say you hate and that you oppose. Paul said he revealed himself because an apostle had to see the resurrected Christ. And Paul got to see a resurrected Christ. I didn't see a resurrected Christ because I'm not an apostle. I just believe the revelation that he is alive. I just believe the revelation of God's word. But when you think about it, even God had to open your heart and open your eyes to even understand the preached revealed will of God. Did you know your heart is terribly blinded by Satan, according to 2 Corinthians, and God must do a work of removing the blinders, he calls it a veil, that you may even see the gospel. Uh, think of how many people have heard the same message. Why did you believe it? Many are called. Few are chosen. And some way or another, even the hearing, unaided by God's intervention, you'll never get to know God. He has to do a work on these terrible, blinded hearts of ours. And he says, God, just stop me. And he said, I've called you, and I'm going to set you apart by grace, and I'm going to reveal my son to you because I have a plan for you that you weren't planning on. I'm going to make you a preacher of the gospel you've opposed, and I'm taking you to those you've learned to hate all your life. I'm going to take you to the Gentile world. You cannot imagine assigning that to a Jewish rabbi. If you only knew what the rabbis were saying about Gentiles in the first century, God made hell because he made Gentiles. Abraham, they said, he stood by the gate of hell and everyone that came there, if they were Jewish, were spared and put into Lazarus' bosom. If they were Gentiles, let them go to hell. He had no love for the Gentiles. You talk about racism, you can't imagine the racism. Even when a woman in the gospel asked Jesus to heal her, he said, I can't give uh, the bread uh, for the children to a Gentile dog. And she said, Lord, but even the dogs eat scraps. Imagine that. Jesus says, you're in the dog category in this culture. But I'll give you something to eat off the table never knowing that Gentiles would be invited to the table. You talk about racism. It was m not the white-black issue. It was this chosen nation and the rest of the Gentile world going to hell. No prophets, no preachers, no churches, nobody to care. And God saves a devout Jewish rabbi and says, I saved you and I'm going to use you to be a preacher. Now, he begins to tell, when God saved him, this is what he did. Watch what he did. What's his credentials? He said, well, uh, when I got saved, I didn't run up to Jerusalem to see the apostles. Uh, but I went immediately into Arabia, which was in the north. Uh, Arabia wasn't, uh, as we think of it today, it was in the north. I went up there. And scholars believe he probably hung out about three years being tutored by Jesus Christ. Imagine. 
Could you imagine if I asked you, who tutored you? And some guy said, well, I spent three years in the desert. Jesus Christ was the prof. I'd say, you need, uh, you've been in the sun too long. Uh, no, no, he may represent Jesus, but that wasn't Jesus. Paul said, I went to Arabia and I was taught. Some scholars believe the other apostles were taught three and a half years. So maybe Jesus is going to take Paul. So I want to catch you up on what you missed out on. Three years with me in Arabia. I, can you imagine it? However, Jesus, I can't imagine it. I mean, somebody was talking to him out there. I spent three years alone with Jesus in the deserts of Arabia. I didn't feel any necessity to run up and talk to all the bigwig apostles. I hung out with the one who knocked me off the donkey. And he taught me. Then he said, then after three years, I went up to Jerusalem to get acquainted with Peter. And this is interesting. The word get acquainted was, I didn't go up there to be disciple. I just went up there to be friendly. It was usually like taking a little tour. Hey, Peter, how you doing? I've heard about you. You heard about me? Hey, man, I'm the head of the church around here. That makes no difference to me. I met the real head. I I really, I've already checked into headquarters. What do you mean, man? This is where the church started. No, the church started from above. The head of the church started the church. What's the headquarters? What's the headquarters of your church? What's the head? You know what? I used to send my money to a certain address here and there. You know what headquarters is for me now? Third heaven. God the Son. He's the head of the church, is he not? And he said, I... I've been hanging out with the head of the church. How are you doing, Peter? By the way, pass the meat. He was not intimidated. He wasn't there to say, ooh, I've missed out. It's a word to just generally get acquainted. Just spent two weeks, met him, met James. The other guys were out of town. Where were they? Some believe they had already fled for persecution. But there was no big uh, reception party for Paul. Because in Acts 9, if you'll read it, Barnabas had to introduce him to a bunch of the brothers because they were scared to death. They thought he was coming there to spy them so he could kill them. So he says, hey, I just paid a little casual visit. And Barnabas had to introduce me. Amazing. And they say, well, you, you mean you, you didn't go and check with Peter and see if you got it right? No. I know my sources. I got it by revelation from Jesus Christ. Okay. Uh, I assure you before God that what I'm writing you is no lie. Later, I went to Syria and Cilicia. That's way up north from Jerusalem. I went out to the outback area. I was up in the north. Here I should be down here at headquarters, as it were, but I didn't. I hung out in the north. So much so that the Judean churches didn't even recognize they wouldn't know me by face. I didn't run around with the Jewish camp of the church to get my gospel. I got it from Christ. I got it right. And he says, he's going to tell us in chapter 2, by the time I went there and we compared notes, they had the same gospel as I They went to the Jewish part of the population. I went to the Gentiles. Um, The only thing they knew about him, the one who formerly persecuted us, is now preaching. 
the faith he once tried to destroy, and they praised God because of me. What I was, a persecutor, a practitioner of Judaism beyond many of my equals, I was a zealot. What happened to me, the God who had set me aside from my birth, and he's alluding to Jeremiah 1.5, set aside from his womb, the womb of his mother. Way back there, God had a plan. Does God have a plan for your life? Are you doing that plan? What did God save you for? One of the most uh, heartbreaking things of most church life is how many Christians are unemployed. Saved but miserable. What a, what a living contradiction of the whole term, huh? Saved? Yeah, I'm saved. How are you? I'm miserable. It, it, talk about an oxymoron. That just, that just can't. I'm saved, but I don't know what God wants to do with me. And I don't really care because I'm, I'm miserable about being saved. Oh. Something's wrong. There's sin. There's some, you're not cooperating because God never saved you to be miserable. What are you doing for him? Well, I, I'm, I'm still looking for my gift. How long have you been doing that? 30 years? I don't know what part I am in the body. Oh, maybe a wart. I mean, when are you going to function? When are you going to function? Uh, uh, here's a man that hated, hated the church hated Christ, becomes a believer, and on the very same day, the very same day he was saved, God does this to him. Get this. The day he gets saved, he doesn't tell him who's going to disciple him. Nobody does. Nobody discipled Paul but Jesus. And the very day he gets saved, he said, two things I want to tell you. By the way, I saved you so you can suffer a lot for me. I want to make you suffer a lot. Wow. What a welcome to the family. Two, I'm going to make you preach to the people you hate. If you were a white man, could God make you an evangelist to black people? Talking about Martin Luther King. Have you got enough Jesus in you that you can go love black folks and act like you're one of them and stoop down and wash their feet and share the gospel? Are you still a bigot? Is your heart still so small you only hang out with your color, your kind, your folks? Paul never knew he'd be up with Gentiles who ate bacon every morning. Gentiles who ate snakes. Gentile who had goat head gravy. I never forget going to Jamaica. They served as goat head gravy. I survived from bananas and cereal. We're in the middle of a plantation, and Carolyn ate that goat head gravy every day. I said, girl, you got a stomach of iron. I knew right then God hadn't called me to missions. But it happened to be a banana plantation, so every day I go pick a banana. You don't eat so many bananas, but man, you just see that goat head and those brains in there. I said, oh, man. And those Jamaicans put all that curry on there, and Carolyn said, could I have seconds? I said, seconds? Man. Has the gospel changed how you feel about people? 
It did for Paul. When Jesus reveals the gospel to you, and you see yourself as dirty and unclean, but this gospel he preached, I can be right with God through the work of Christ. See, it's one thing to quote the facts. He died for my sins. He was buried. He rose again. That's the facts of the gospel, but it's not the interpretation of what that means. Galatians and Romans interprets what those facts mean in reality. It means I'm changed. I'm turned around. Who I hated, I now can love. When I oppose, I now serve. What I was against, I'm now for. There's been a difference made in me by the gospel I preach. And I must say, as I uh, was in the neighborhood where I met Christ this past week, doing this funeral, man, as I drive down there, I drive down there every once in a while, and I go by the church where I prayed, and I go by the house where we lived, rough neighborhoods. But I learned to walk with Christ. And I, I remember I used to always, we were always fighting down there. I remember after I got saved, I went to see another fight next to Helms. We had two places where every night guys fought. And so you were either in the fight or you went to watch them. We didn't need Rocky Balboa. We had Helms. And uh, we just went to A and B market or Flips. I remember when I got saved, I, they told me, hey, a fight. It's going to be a rumble tonight at Flips. Okay, I'll be there. I want to see it. See if it's my friend or whoever. And you go down there and watch this fight. I went there. And for the first time, my stomach turned to nausea as I watched two boys beating each other. They fought for three blocks, taking out parts of fences. It's a wonder anyone survived. It's brutal. Just fighting. And I never went to another fight. Because I learned to hate what I used to love. I grew up in South Richmond. I grew up with two black boys we called B.B. was B.B. And his brother was Daryl. And I was going to Steve's school. If I got tired, I'd call B.B. a racial name because he could outrun me. And he chased me all the way home. And he's so nice. He had a stuttering impediment. But he said, Phil, why did you call me that? I said, well, I wanted you to chase me home. But you know, I love you, B.B. Come on in the house. But I remember when I met Christ, I could never imagine calling a man a name that demeaned his worth. It took Christianity to do that. You know what I wish you would do more of and think about? That we would be in each other's homes and in each other's lives. And we were just going to break up here. We didn't greet one another. Every uh, racial group in this church, let me tell you, the gospel makes us one people. And it's greater. It's not a Republican agenda nor a Democratic. This is a Christ agenda. He makes you love people. And get the word out on the street, would you? You can't be too black, too Asian, or too redneck for Jesus to love you. And if he loves you, we want to love you. Because we want to reflect, we've been changed. You may have been a racist. Many of you were. You were taught to hate anything unlike yourself, just like Paul. Anything non-Jewish, I hate. It's a dog. And now, 
He dies a martyr's death preaching the Christ and the gospel for which he was 180 degrees turned around. I wonder if you could sing what a difference he has made in my life. What I was, what I came to believe, and what he's done with me since. Oh, what a Savior. Our gospel will turn you into being poured out for people because you finally put your faith in someone poured out for you. And with that, we come to the end of our time today here on Truth For Today with Pastor Phil Howard from Valley Bible Church here in Hercules. As we conclude our time together today, we would invite you to contact us if you have questions, comments about the broadcast. Maybe you have a question about your own walk and relationship with the Lord or a prayer request. We'd love to hear from you. Please get in touch with us today. Now, we have a couple of ways to do so. The easiest might be simply visiting our website, truthfortodayradio.org. You can drop us an email. We have other means of contact that you'll find there at truthfortodayradio.org. We also have a lot of resource materials available for your growth and relationship with Christ. Our design and desire is to see that you grow in Christ, grow according to His knowledge and grace. Any way we can help, well, that's why we're here. So stop by truthfortodayradio.org or simply give us a call, 855-833-9864. Again, you can reach us at 855-833-9864. Please bear in mind as you contact us that this is a listener-supported ministry. As you link arms with us financially, we're able to continue the ministry here on this radio station. Carefully consider how you might get involved in the ministry of Truth For Today, won't you? 855-833-9864 or write to us. Our address is 1511 M. Sycamore Avenue, Suite 278, Hercules, California. The zip code is 94547. And that website, once again, truthfortodayradio.org. It is a pleasure spending time with you in God's Word. We trust we'll see you next time we get together for another broadcast of Truth For Today with Pastor Phil Howard. Star General Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.